Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. When your money's on the line, choose a trusted sports book that gives you tools to win, like MyBookie. At MyBookie, it doesn't matter if your team is up or down. You can easily cash out or bet the game live to come out on the winning side. Use MyBookie for daily odds boosts, same game parlays, and take advantage of huge prize pool contests. Every single sack, fumble, and touchdown is another chance to hit payday. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag and on your first deposit, use promo code TSUS to grab a deposit match up to $1,000. Try the MyBookie money bag to grab a potential Super Bowl front runner at long shot odds. Plus 38,000 on the Eagles and Chiefs. You won't find odds like that anywhere else. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with my bookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Join us every single Tuesday to help us break down all things Gamecocks football. Our good friend J.C. Sherbert of the Big Spur, he joins the show once again. J.C., appreciate you taking the time, my friend. How are you? Doing good. It's another Tuesday. Gosh, the season just goes by so fast, Chris, when it starts. We sit here all year and wait on it. It's like slow as molasses. And then you wake up one day and next week's Thanksgiving. So I'm like, wow, you know, but – Good to be uh, talking ball. Good that the Gamecocks are still alive for postseason play. Uh, and we'll be very interested to see how they do these next two uh, night home games. Uh, Carolina's a little bit different team when they play at home at night recently. So uh, that gives you hope. And, J.C., we're going to get into the Vandy game, the Kentucky game, of course. But I want to start on this note. In the SEC, Jimbo Fisher fired at Texas A&M. A day later, Zach Arnett fired at Mississippi State. Just your overall thoughts. It's, you know, with the money involved and NIL and the portal and the increased expectation of winning, we're seeing that right now. The expectations are what they are at certain schools. Coaches already are getting the axe. Your your immediate reaction and just thoughts to what's taking place in the SEC over the last couple of days? I think there are football reasons both those guys fail. Uh, I think if you look at Jimbo Fisher since, uh, oh gosh, uh, since Jameis Winston really, it's been mistake after mistake after mistake at quarterback recruiting uh, either the guys don't do well under him and then they go someplace else like Haynes King and play pretty well, uh, or are they, are they hurt or, or, you know, there's always something. So his quarterback recruiting to be a quarterback guru and to have put as many guys into the first round as he has, you know, it's, it's failed him. The second thing is the, the one question I had about Jimbo when he took that job, you're in the state of Texas. Okay. You're at Texas A&M. The state of Texas, Chris is full of, and it's been this way in the high school ranks since the nineties spread. It's where the spread was born. Um, all those high schools run spread. They do seven on seven, 365 days a year. It's a very, and you look at the big 12 schools and you wonder why they're all kind of spread. That's why, because they get most of their players out of Texas. So he goes in there with a pro style offense. It's complicated. Uh, it's not easy to run. It's very similar to what they used to run at Alabama. Uh, under Nussmeyer and those guys. He did not evolve. Uh, Bobby Petrino could not save him. Um, I, I thought that that was sort of a reach going in and taking over a program uh, that under Sumlin and Cliff Kingsbury, Johnny Menzel, all that, had had some success running spread. That's that's their recruiting base. That's what the kids that in that state are used to. 
I thought, well, they're going to they'll probably run into a wall on offense. Struggle inevitably, they'll struggle on offense, and they did. Um, and then the defense uh, was good at times, not so good at other times. Uh, to be as talented as they were, and then with his salary plus that number one recruiting class they signed a couple of years ago that they they they've spent a little bit of money on. You know, they were the kind of the ringleaders with it. That that increased expectations tenfold, along with a nine and one season during the pandemic where they almost lost to Vanderbilt. Uh, it, 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 it just, it, I had questions about it from the start, but, it, but if you don't know why Jimbo Fisher's fired, it's because he didn't score enough points and he didn't. And that's the reason he didn't win enough games because he didn't, they couldn't score. Um, so it was a mistake on his part, not understanding what he was walking into, not understanding the recruiting base, not understanding what he needed to do to put points on the board in the sec in today's time. Zach Arnett on a much smaller scale, much lower salary, much shorter contract, very much smaller buyout. Same mistake. Uh, you know, Mike Leach comes in and takes over for Joe Moorhead, who's a spread guy. They still had to retool the roster a bit, you know, because they like they went from um, the big lumbering guy from California. They found Will Rogers on the roster, who obviously is a perfect Mike Leach quarterback. Uh, shorter guy, boom, 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 like throwing darts down the field. So they lucked into him, found him, still had to, you know, revamp the receivers, get enough receivers. Uh, they were a little heavy at running back. They had to, you know, make a lot of those guys transfer. They had to get their style going. Well, they finally were to the point where, yes, Arnett's defense was saving them. The Pirate was not lighting them up. But they were having games where it kind of looked like Leach again, that Auburn game a couple of years ago where they came back from, what, 20 down? They just kept chucking it all over them. You know, those kinds of games kept happening. They beat a bunch of top 25 teams. They surprised that they still owned A&M when Leach was there. Uh, and so you spent all this time through his three or four years building that. And then he tragically passes away. And, and then instead of sticking with that, when you, you, know, you know the type of quarterback Will Rogers is and the personnel you have, you try to reinvent the wheel and hire the guy from App State, and we all know from watching App State through the years, it's evolved into kind of a, a big heavy zone run team. Uh, and defensive guys make these mistakes, okay, that, that we've seen it here, quite frankly. You know, that they just, they don't like coaching on the other side of the ball with an air raid. Uh, you know, they, they just don't like it. So he was going to, you know, um, he was going to reinvent the wheel, and that wasn't necessary, and then they couldn't score points. Um, now, uh, the caveat to all that is, you know, I, I do think, you know, who was he going to get to run the air raid? Well, Steve Spurrier Jr. in the bowl. I don't know if he was a candidate to take over or not. But uh, so maybe he just wanted to go get his own guy because there was really nobody that could, re- could get in there and replace Leach. But I I just uh, – I think they both made football mistakes, man. And, and that shows you, like, you, you, you sell out to a philosophy that does not fit uh, and you you don't do research and think about how it's not going to fit, or you're trying to play some sort of long play, thinking eventually they'll get it. Chances are they won't. You know, I mean, chances are they won't. There, there's a reason South Carolina and a lot of the schools in the South, not named Georgia or Bama, don't just line up and run it at you because there's not a lot of offensive linemen down there. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's your offensive linemen are up in the Midwest and Northeast and out West. Uh, because all the good big guys play defense, right? So, so your 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 big guys on offense that are on defense are really not that good. So, 
that's why teams struggle on the O line, that in the defensive line competition. So it's a, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where you, you have to understand where you are and what fits where you are. And I think with both of those situations, neither guy really did. And uh, I know they're at both ends of the salary spectrum and buyout spectrum, but uh, sometimes it's that simple. You know, you, you, you just, uh, you don't, you don't get that you're stubborn and these guys are, and you know, you get fired hard, hard to feel. I, I mean, yeah. And Zach Arnett, I think will end up head coach at San Diego state or he'll go because he's done this before. He'll go be, unfortunately, Lincoln Riley's defensive coordinator. Good luck with that. If you don't like spread, you don't like non-defensive teams, but he'll be fine. And, and he'll be back with Jimbo. It's hard for me to feel sorry for somebody that's cashing a check for $75 million uh, that was demonstra- demonstrably underachieved at his job uh, simply because he refused to adapt. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of justifying it, <clears throat> excuse me, JC, when you're one game worse than the guy or a couple games worse than the guy that you replaced and they paid a lot of money for you to replace. So change is imminent in college football. We're seeing that in the SEC. JC, let's get into the Gamecocks, what took place over the weekend, a 47-6 to win over the Vanderbilt Commodores, now back-to-back wins for South Carolina, and it was really domination, JC, in all three phases, offensively, defensively, special teams. Carolina's defense even holding Vandy to 234 total yards, by far their best performance of the season. You know, I kind of equated it, J.C., to the Furman game earlier in the year where it was a feel-good game. You had some young guys get into the ball game, have success. Of course, Lenoris Sellers with a rushing touchdown. I know we were talking about him off air. Uh, your overall takeaways in this game, I, I think the biggest thing from this one is the building of momentum going into Kentucky and Clemson. Like, I don't know that you draw a bunch of new conclusions or learn a bunch of new things. Uh, Vanderbilt and Clark Lee, it's it's surprising to me how bad they are this year, but they are really that bad. But South Carolina did what they needed to do and took advantage. A lot of guys shined on Saturday. Your biggest takeaways from that 41-point win over the doors. Yeah, you're right. And, and I'll talk about Vandy in a second because I do have some things to say about that program. But, you know, this is what you need. You got to, you talk about handling your business. You got to go handle your business. Um, and, and they did. And, and, you know, even, even with like the weather, Chris, I mean, you know, a team, teams that aren't playing together that are pouting, that are just wanting to play out the string, let the season get over. They're, they're likely to just go out there and, and be like, 
you know, I sweat. I don't know. You get up 13 nothing, and uh, you slosh around and win 19-7. to You know, the Gamecocks, quite frankly, left some points on the board. They struggled a little bit on offense with some drops in the first half. Uh, and then turned it on in the second. And, you know, plays like Josh, players like Josh Simon uh, breaking tackles, you know, uh, Mario Anderson, that tremendous touchdown run. I don't care who you're playing. That's awesome. Uh, Spencer Rattler getting on. Xavier Legat continuing to make big plays. Uh, that That's a positive sign no matter what the opponent is. Uh, and you remember last year, too, you know, South Carolina won four games in a row last season. Uh, and they had just gotten their tails kicked by Georgia badly uh, when they turned around and played Charlotte. That was kind of a sloppy game they pulled away in the second half. Then they played SC State, a little bit more complete game. Well, then they went up to Kentucky and won. Now, granted, Kentucky didn't have uh, Will Levis that night, but uh, it was still a really good win for the Gamecocks. And they played really well. Probably that was their best defensive game they played, and it all culminated with a big win over at the Aggies. Speaking of A&M, uh, you know, the next Saturday. Uh, and so they've kind of been in this situation before where you have kind of two games you should win to get right game, so to speak. And then it gets a little tougher and then it gets a little tougher. So I think uh, I think it's a positive sign as far as, far as staying on script. You know, and anytime you can play a bunch of guys, and anytime some guys that may have not had the best of seasons do things that are positive like – like I think a touchdown reception for Omega Blake on the what was that a a sale a post corner I don't know post corner maybe I don't know looked like a, a fade I don't know whatever that route was man uh, big for him his first touchdown I think since uh, Furman um, that was big for him uh, Keaton Nelson Jr. has had a tough year on defense so for him to block the punt scoop and score that's big. Uh, I felt like punt block, uh, uh, the special teams, you know, of all the special teams, you just punt block was, I felt like they would get one pretty soon because they've been close the last couple of weeks. And I, I think that unit's coming along. If you're looking for a bright spot on the special teams, um, you know, so, you know, guys like that, you know, Bradley Dudd, a walk on from Hammond, who probably now will have to be the third team running back, getting in there, getting three carries for eight yards. It's big uh, for a guy like that. You know, uh, Jamal Weiss recovered a fumble. That's big for him. Um, even guys like Colasardo, the walk-on linebacker, who I actually kind of like as a player getting in there making a tackle. I mean, all those. And so the, then your entire team feels good because the starters went out there and handled business, made big plays. They won going away. But then the other guys simply got to play and went out there, and some of them made some plays. And, and being a football player, you work all this time, and then you don't get to play on Saturdays. It can be deflating. But now the whole locker room's lifted up, and you have this – togetherness, you know, going into the most important game of the season at home at night at Williams Price. Uh, and I'll say this about Mandy. I'll, I'll, this is a side. People, uh, you know, I'm in the NIL space. And, I, you know, I said today, South Carolina's still behind. Need all the help they can get. However, I would not trade that what South Carolina has for Vanderbilt in the world. They have a, you know, 5% of, the, of whatever anybody else has. They don't support it. Uh, their best player from last year, we'll see him at Williams Bryce this weekend. Uh, and, they, and it's not like the kid's from Kentucky and went home. He's from California and just went straight up 65 uh, to Louisville and over 74 to Lexington. I mean, you know, that's it. You know, not like he, he went to a good NIL situation. Um, you know, 
they can't even go identify and win because the minute they do that, you know, the guys are going to get raided. Uh, the academic standards there, it's tough to go to school there. Um, and so some guys are just like, oh, well, it's here now, but now I'm going to go someplace else with a crowd, and I'll be the crowd, all that stuff. So Clark Lee is in a tough situation, especially with the SEC expanding uh, their academic stand, all this stuff. It is uh, it is a brutal time to be a Commodore. And I say that just to tell our audience out there, the Gamecocks, that at least you're not Vandy. You know, no matter how bad things have gotten, uh, you know, that, that, you know, Carolina fans sometimes like, oh, we're looking at extinction and we may as well just leave the SEC. I, I don't think that's a realistic conversation to have with South Carolina or anybody else, but Vanderbilt. I, I'd be curious to see what their little athletic board from their board of trustees has to say about all this because it's, it, it's getting worse and there's no coach or anything out there to fix it. With, with those guys. And and that's probably the worst Vanderbilt team I've seen in a while. Good news is they played some other teams a lot closer than they played Carolina. So still a big win for the Gamecocks. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the GameTime app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code SPURSUP for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code SPURSUP, S-P-U-R-S-U-P, for $20 off your first purchase. GameTime is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're set. And also, tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, Buying tickets shouldn't be stressful, and Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Yeah, JC, on that note, I was actually chatting with a guy, one of my good buddies that covers the Vanderbilt Commodores during that game, and he was sort of venting about Chris. I cover the worst team in all of Power 5 and mentioning the NIL issues and how far they are behind. So 
you are definitely right. Perspective is a beautiful thing, and it can always be worse. Look to Nashville for that, which it's a shame. You feel like that program has a lot of potential. I mean, I was in Nashville for the summer first time. It's a great place. It's an awesome oh, place, but Andy just stinks. I mean, it's just I, li- I, li- I lived there seven years, man. It's it's a tw- once for three years, once for four. Uh, I would never go back because it's so crowded now. I mean, the skyline even looks different. Um, the skyline looks like like Houston, Texas now or something. Uh, I would never go back, but it, it was my favorite place to live as it when I've lived outside of the state by, by a mile. I mean, it is a fantastic people, fantastic scene. You just get a great vibe there. I mean, and then and, and you can sell Nashville and their academics and all that to a certain extent. But I don't know how you're supposed to build a football program when your top five or six guys every single year just get the hell out of Dodge because you can't you don't support NIL. They put all their NIL money in baseball. So there you go. It's working for Tim Corbin, but that's about all they have working at this point. JC, the Kentucky Wildcats come to town. This is turning into somewhat of a really fun rivalry, right? I mean, we've got the Shane Beamer, Mark Stoops thing. Stoops was asked yesterday, does he have any disdain for Shane Beamer? And I looked at his answer and I'm like, that guy hates Shane Beamer. Like I, I think it's I think it's known. These two coaches don't like each other, right? Like, I mean, I, I'm I'm not trying to put words in Shane Beamer's mouth, but he was asked over the spring about there's one coach on his schedule he wants to fight. And everybody's just kind of like, I think it's Mark Stoops. Like, I feel like that's fair to say that it's 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 him. Um, you, you look at this game though, JC. I mean, when you look at the ever evolving quote unquote rivalry that is South Carolina Kentucky, do you think there's something there? Do you think there's some beef with uh with Beamer and Stoops there? Oh no! I mean, yeah, I, I, and I—I've never thought to find out. <laughs> Just like I, you know, a lot of people assume I know like what exactly happened to Jake Bentley's foot. I, I and, and and people know I know the Bentleys. I mean, I never, never really pushed it. Never really found out for sure. So, <laughs> I, and that's one of those things where I don't think I would ever ask Coach Beaver. Yeah, you know, I, I just I, I wouldn't pursue it. That said. You know, the sunglasses comment last year was like, where did that come from if it didn't come from what what he had seen on social media? And, you know, look, they don't beat South Carolina on very many recruits unless those recruits are from Kentucky, right? Uh, they come into the state, and, and they've even got a kid committed right now from Marion. South Carolina's probably going to flip him. Uh, they beat the Gamecocks seven out of nine. Uh, Ken, last year, seven, it's just got to be frustrating that not necessarily Coach Beamer, but the media still thinks in their mind uh, that South Carolina's a better program. And that's because it is, you know, program, I don't know, because there's three things. There's job, program, team, right? Job, South Carolina's a much better job. You know, that, that's not even up for debate. Program. There was probably some point in time where Kentucky did pass Carolina as a program. I think it's kind of back to even now. Um, team, we'll find out this year, right? That's what you find out on the field how good of a team you've got. Uh, but it's got to be frustrating to go beat a team so many times in a row. Uh, and then just all the hype goes back on them. Uh, and so, so I get it. I get it. And I know that Coach Beamer brought those sunglasses with him to Lexington last year for a reason, after they won. <laughs> and uh and you know and then he, they made the comment about who would you fight he's like oh there's a couple uh and look, look shane beamer seems like the nicest guy in the world and he is to a certain extent but he he, he has enemies just like everybody else you know he has people he's not fond of 
Uh, and so, I, is it Stoops? I don't know. Now, you mentioned a rivalry, Chris. It's interesting because as it stands today, based on what the SEC is planning on doing today, and this could change tomorrow, this is the one team in the league Carolina's going to play every single year from here on out. You know, there's no more Georgia, no more Tennessee, no more Florida, no more Vandy, unfortunately. No more Mayor's Cup, no more whatever the hell they give for the Texas A&M game, which I guess is back in College Station now. Uh, this game, you know, Kentucky and South Carolina are going to be permanent opponents uh, and play every season. And they're, I think they're permanent opponents in baseball, too, they announced yeah. the other day. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's kind of a budding rivalry. Uh, I think that uh, – you know, Kentucky fans in football probably always see South Carolina as a game they should win, even when they were losing, lost 10 in a row. Um, I think that uh, Carolina fans still look at Kentucky and kind of say, well, that's a team they should beat, you know. Uh, and uh, But they still look at Missouri that way, too, and they've lost five in that one. So, uh, But, I, I, you know, I look at it, I, I do think they're going to be fired up. And there has been something about South Carolina every single year where Stoops has, has just coached his best game. They played their best game. Um, going all the way back to, like, his first season where they didn't win an SEC game, Chris, if you remember, I think Spurrier and company had him down about 35-7. They came back with that with that team, which was a bad football team, and cut it cut it to 35-28 at the end. I mean, they gave them all they wanted. The next year up in Lexington, Carolina blew a two-touchdown lead. The next year, Kentucky's up 17 at half. Gamecocks couldn't – Put in Perry Orth, they couldn't close the deal. Uh, the next year was that 17-10 thing up in Lexington where nobody wanted to score, where Stoops was on the hot seat. That was 16. The 17 game took every bit of my soul away. Kind of, I mean, I, and now that I think about it, the Florida game this year killed me, but that game still is the worst because Carolina's 2-0, two road wins. Things are going great. You get a pick, a pick, a, 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 a Debo touchdown, and then a pick. First two game, first two plays of the game, it's a blackout. Carolina's rolling. They're like they're gonna roll to three and out. And then Kentucky just uh got him. I mean, it goes on and uh, Jake Bentley couldn't hit the broad side of a barn all of a sudden in 2018. <laughs> worst, worst game he's ever played. And guys running over that thing, and that was crazy because that 2018 game, BMAC was the OC, Chris. South Carolina had the exact same game plan on for Kentucky that they did for Clemson. Mm -hmm. The difference is. All those long shots they connected against Clemson and had 500 yards passing. Couldn't hit the broadside of a barn against Kentucky. Uh, Shane's first year, my God, they fumbled four or five times, and uh, the uh, the evil genius couldn't dial up anything that worked. Right, you know, so 16-10 loss. So it's been just been a lot of frustration uh, in these games. The Stoops just seems to have their number, but uh, I'll say this: you know, Carolina wins this one. It's three out of the last five for the Gamecocks, and so that is a that's a very nice turning point. And you you know you never know what's going to happen with some of these coaching openings and things like that in terms of what's the future hold up in Lexington. And JC, it feels like a pair of teams that are sort of heading in opposite directions, right? South Carolina has won their last two. Kentucky's lost four of their last five. I think it's safe to say the Wildcats have been. A bit underwhelming to preseason expectations, especially Devin Leary at quarterback. He's came on the last couple weeks, but has not been the guy most folks expected. But to your point, J.C., they do have Ray Davis at the running back position. They've got Berrigan Brown, Dane Key at wide receiver. 
Um, you know, they love to run the football again. Like I mentioned, Devin Leary is taking some positive steps forward. They actually did some positive things offensively <clears throat> in that game against Alabama last weekend where they got beat down defensively. Been good stopping the run, but JC, the opportunities are going to be there for Spencer Rattler, Xavier Leggett. Kentucky allows 241 yards per game passing. They do have 23 sacks as a defense. And JC, when you look at a game like this, you got to look at external factors. You got to look at the, I'm, I'm losing the word I'm looking for, but y- you've got to look at everything, the big picture. Everybody talks about Cocktober, but it's really the month of November in this time of year when Shane Beamer's teams cut it on. 7.30 kickoff, under the lights, williams Bryce Stadium. How many points is that worth? We shall see. So when you look at this matchup as a whole, Kentucky favored in the ballgame, does that surprise you? And overall, just like, how do you look at this game? I, I think this is a really fun coin flip type of SEC game here. Yeah, I, I, I looked at the line lately. I know it's on Sunday. Some some people had as a pick them, so uh, that shocked me completely that Kentucky would be favored. I I think you know you crunch the numbers and and all you, you think well Kentucky can come in and catch the Gamecocks and you know they're a spider web football team, right? Josh Pate taught me that term. Of course, I, I've taught Josh a couple of terms too that, that he likes to use. So, uh, and then what you have to do is you got to avoid getting in their spot or you got to go attack. You got to make them play at your pace. Uh, and when I say pace, I'm not necessarily talking about tempo on offense or blitzing on defense. I'm, I'm talking about like the overall pace and feel of the game. You know, you've got to dictate to them. You don't let them grind it out on you. You you can't, you can't go three and out. You can't give them momentum. You can't let the crowd get quiet. They love that. They'll chew you up if that's the case. Uh, they did it to Mississippi state a couple of weeks ago, but I'll remind everybody, that Mississippi State win from them, uh, Mississippi State was starting Mike Wright, who I think was hobbled a little bit, and then Marks, their running back, did not play. So they had no offense. Mississippi State had zero offense in that game uh, and, and lost 24-3. to um, But they have struggled, and Kentucky's record by in large part with the exception of that Florida win where, uh, you know, the running back just went nuts. Um, you know, they really haven't beaten a whole lot of good teams. And they really haven't played in a whole lot of tough environments. Starkville certainly wasn't the, you know, they kind of seized momentum at about halftime and it got quiet. Uh, Georgia, best environment they've been in all year by a mile, they got smacked down. Uh, other than that, their, their road games have been Vandy. And I think that's it. Vandy, Mississippi State, and Georgia. Other than that, they've been at home. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, they, and they played a couple of cupcakes early in the year. So, you know, they haven't been really tested in this environment since their trip to Athens. Uh, and they got two back-to-back because Louisville, they've beaten Louisville pretty good uh, a couple few times in a row. And, and Louisville's got a good team and with Jeff Brom in town. So they got to go to Louisville the following week. So it's, it's not going to be uh, – they're already in a bowl, but it's not going to be the easiest to finish, as I think, for, for the Wildcats environment-wise. And, and, J.C., you look at this one – Am I wrong to feel like this is a game where South Carolina is going to have to outscore the opponent? Because I I just, I know Kentucky's had their struggles. I know we saw the defense last week have success, but granted it was Vanderbilt. I mean, we saw Jacksonville State go up and down the field. I mean, is it fair to think that you're going to need another really, really big performance from Spencer Rattler, Leggett, Marvio Anderson to win this one? I, I feel like the over, taking it back to the gambling side, 
I, I feel like the over 54 and a half is almost free money here because I think it's it's got to be a 34 to 30, 38 to 35. Like, I, I just – I look at that Kentucky offense. They haven't been great by any means, but they've got the weapons, I think, to give a South Carolina defense that struggled all year some serious headaches. I think so. I mean, I think the key, obviously, Chris, is you you can't let them get balanced on you. I mean, like, okay, so if Davis is running, that's he'll he's a guy that gets his. It's kind of like last year. Uh, you know, Rodriguez got his. Mm-hmm. But Kentucky couldn't throw the ball. Like, it became very one-dimensional. You, and they, Carolina did a good job getting them and passing downs so and applying pressure. That's the key here. I, I think Leary has gotten better the last couple of weeks. They do have weapons. But I also think South Carolina, kind of their niche on defense when they've been good is applying pressure. Leary, gosh, before you know, ever since the Clemson game at Memorial Stadium last year, because I've uh, Carolina was off that week and I had a Clemson buddy in town and we went and watched that. He's heading to the same, you know, and he, he struggled mightily this year, had some good flashy moments, but. Honestly, you know, I think that's the key. If they start putting it in Leary's hands with the way Carolina's kind of gotten a little more creative, uh, putting pressure on the quarterback, Bam Martin Scott's a guy that's come on, they're blitzing Debo. You know, yeah, Carol, they're going to score their share points, but Carolina, I think, can get home enough and maybe force some mistakes uh, to where it's beneficial to them. But, you know, on the other side of the ball, South Carolina has to score points. I mean, you, you can't go out there and hang 17 on the board and, you know, get sacked eight times and, and expect to win this one because you absolutely will not. Uh, you know, you, you got to you got to have your normal home game offensive uh, showing like you have all year, uh, and uh, and go from there. Yeah, the good news is, JC, if it's a battle of quarterback play, Spencer Rattler at Williams Bryce Stadium. I'm not sure there are many that would go against him the way he's played at the friendly confines this season. JC, one last thing, and I'll get you out of here. I've gotten a lot of questions in regards to recruiting on the defensive line. South Carolina right now, I believe, with only one defensive end or edge player. Again, just been getting a lot of questions. What's the latest on that, and do you expect South Carolina to go heavy in the portal in regards to the defensive line? Are there some guys out there you expect in a land? Like, what, what's the latest on recruiting that position, which is obviously a position of need? Well, Dylan Stewart... He, he's so like, like some guys are like five-star defensive linemen, Chris, and you look at them and you go, well, they're still going to be coached up a little bit. Jadevian Clowney was not really one of those, but he was behind Cliff Matthews and some good players. So obviously our friend coach Lawing brought him along uh, slowly and he, but still by the second game of his freshman year, he's shaking Aaron Murray <laughs> loose and uh, yes, doing clowny things, right? So so there, there's very few clownies or Miles Garrett or, or somebody like that. Uh, it, 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 you know, most of your taller, rangier DNs are guys with what I, with, with upside, like Devin Taylor. They need a year. Devsman Umi Azulu is a guy like that. He's going to be really, really good, but it's going to take a year. Uh or there are these shorter guys, kind of like Xavier Thomas when he came out that played for Clemson, had he not gotten hurt and all that, that, you know, he, he kind of is what he is. There's not a lot, not a big ceiling there, but yeah, he can go in because he's 270 or whatever and play early. Uh, there's not a lot of in-between. Dylan is sort of an in-between guy because he's 6'4", 240. He can play linebacker. Uh, so he's got great feet, great instincts, but he's also good enough 
and talented enough to start right away. So he's going to start. I, I, I have no doubt in my mind if Dylan Stewart's healthy and all goes according to plan, he'll be a starter. So I, I wanted to make clear that that that's one guy, but that's a big guy. The rest, of, the rest of it, you know, you got kind of two things you need to look at. Cameron Fountain, uh, the defensive end from Atlanta, who's committed to Southern Cal. I, I think the Gamecocks have a good shot at flipping him. I, I think Alex Grinch being gone, it's all the way across the country. He's visited several times. He loves South Carolina. You know, I'm not going to say it's a foregone conclusion because another school, there could be a third party or something that sneaks in. But I think that's your other guy. That's two top ten defensive ends out of high school. Plus, you got me a Zulu back. You got JT Gear back. Gear, Gear, Gear back. Um, uh, and then Montague Rames, you know, it's going to be up to the school to let him back in. But I mean, it's not the door's not completely closed on him coming back. Um, tackle is the spot where they're going to have to be heavy portal. Uh, that's not to say they won't take it in because they absolutely would. Um, but I, I think you're two or three, two or three guys. Juco portal on the interior uh, this year for Travian Robertson as he kind of tries to, you know, boost the DNA of that room a little bit. There you have it. JC <laughs> Sherbert of the Big Spurge who joins us every single Tuesday. JC is always my friend. I appreciate you taking the time. We'll do it again next week. Hey, thanks, Chris. Be good.